0: All right, today marks ninety straight episodes without Lavar Burton.
1: Come on, Lavar.
2: Xander and Marigold were sent home from school for fighting. They
1: have an armed escort. Who are they fighting?
3: Stop! Marigold, you betrayed me for the last
4: time. Don't be so dramatic. I'm gonna betray you lots more no. times.
2: Noogie, Dad, make stop. Enough. Couch,
0: now. All right, so that is a scene from the new NBC show, 1600 Pen." It stars uh, Bill Pullman. He plays the president.
1: Now, if you're like us, maybe you haven't seen the show, but you're wondering, wait a minute,
0: which one is Bill Pullman and which one is Bill Paxton? That's something everyone has wondered at some point uh, in their life. On the line with us now is Daniel Holloway. He's executive editor of Backstage. So, Daniel, can you help us out? Yeah. Uh, I think you could
5: say that... Pullman is sort of a uh, poor man's Crispin Glover, huh. and Paxton is sort of a poor man's Kurt Russell, right? So they're they're both sort of second tier versions of a certain type. So Pullman is a is a bit of is a bit more on the dweebish, uh, you know, nerdy side. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a bit pencil necked. At mm-hmm. times, and I say this as, as a fellow pencil neck, yep. and I would say that Paxton is sort of the manlier of the two. He's the guy who more often crops up in uh, westerns and playing military figures and um, you know killing people and this sort of thing. You can picture Bill Paxton being that guy at you know your parents' church that comes up to you during the offering and like shakes your hand too hard and is kind of intimidating. Yeah. Um, Pullman, you know, he kind of reminds you of uh, of a, a science teacher or something. You want to shoot a spit wad
0: at him? That gives me an idea. Okay, just hmm. for as a as a general kind of mnemonic, Paxton is going to play pushier characters. Okay, which is the opposite of pull. Pullman's going to play. It's not a word, but pullier characters, less pushy characters. Is that, is that generally true?
5: I think that's true. I struggled with coming up with a mnemonic myself for this, actually. Yeah. Um, and I, I think that the one that you've got there is pretty good. Um, I was going to start with the the difficulty in creating a mnemonic device uh, for this particular problem is that the names... I have this problem myself with Jeff Bridges and Jeff Daniels, which is yeah. unforgivable because their last names are completely different. <laughs> their names are almost exactly the same. You yeah. know, They both have the same first name. They both have two syllables in their last name, same number of vowels, only one consonant off, starts with P, ends with N. I mean, they may as well be the same actor. So I I wanted to start with, I came up with something that said, remember your six P's? So it's going to to be Pullman plays presidents, Paxton portrays polygamists.
1: Oh, that's
5: good. But that doesn't work because you can just flip them.
1: How about Pax attacks? Because he does, right? He's kind of mean.
5: Yeah, he is kind of a mean guy. But Pullman, I think, also attacks. You know, as we said, he was in uh, Independence Day, and you know, he attacks the aliens. Well, he was a Gulf War veteran.
1: Yeah.
0: Well, uh, though, has I mean, has Pullman ever been a bad guy?
5: I don't think that he's ever played the bad guy necessarily. Although he has such a long resume that I can't imagine that he hasn't. He's been in some bad
1: things.
0: Well, then I think like Pax Attacks, That's that, you know, if you're seeing a bad, if you're thinking of a bad guy, it's probably Paxton. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I would think Pullman Pouts, that's well, the other thing you see from Pullman in uh, While You Were
1: Sleeping, kind of a nebbishy guy, not quite, you know, he doesn't have, have a lot of confidence. In his new show, the, where he plays the president.
0: 1600 pen.
1: He's kind of the, uh, the, the browbeaten husband where he's, you know, having to stand up for his family and... Like, Stand up bewildered
5: or, or beleaguered
1: Yeah, that's right, the beleaguered husband He's kind of a pouty guy Packs attacks, pullman pouts
0: I like that Well, uh, Daniel, thank you so much This has been uh, really helpful Thanks, guys This is How to Do Everything I'm Mike And I'm Ian On today's show, uh, we'll tell you how to test out your favorite disease
1: We have perhaps one of the most exciting toilets of the week coming up.
0: But first, you may have heard the story that the French actor Gerard Depardieu is going to Russia, possibly becoming a Russian citizen to avoid the high taxes he has to pay as a wealthy man in France. So,
1: we wanted to give Monsieur Depardieu some tips on fitting in with his new Russian countrymen and women.
0: Joining us now is Julia Iafi. She's a staff writer at the New Republic and knows a lot about Russia.
1: So, Julia, do you have any tips for Gerard Depardieu?
2: Um, well, he shouldn't ever drink uh, beer without vodka because, as the saying goes, uh, is, which means beer without vodka is like throwing money to the wind.
0: Huh. uh.
2: Yeah.
1: How do you how do you do that? Which
0: how, what's the order?
2: Nah, yeah, you know, all at once.
0: Just get just get in there. <laughs> yeah. Like a boiler maker. Right, right. So uh, beer without vodka is like throwing money to the wind. What's something else along that line?
2: Also, you should know that there are no Russian words for uh, anything business related. So if he were to go into business, he would be a businessman.
1: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> businessman.
2: A businessman. And if he were to let's say meet a nice lady who's also doing business she would be a business lady. Why
0: why is that that that's not part of the language? I
2: don't know. 70 years of communism might have something to do with it. (laughs) So um, if they were to, you know, um, and let's say him and his uh, business partner were to go um, on a weekend for, let's say, uh, fishing or hunting, there would be a lot of um, banya time, and that would involve a lot of prostitute time as well.
1: Oh. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wait, what? That's a, that's a, to be expected? That's part of the, when do the it's prostitutes come? It's yeah.
2: a different kind of business later.
1: Are there any uh, good phrases, uh, maybe just like aphorisms or things that would be good for a new Russian citizen just to toss out?
2: Well, if you were to try to get down with the youth, he um, you could say things like ok, which is okay, ok, just pronounced, like ok, pronounced. Oh. Um, there's a lot of really, really colorful sayings that are, um, when you translate them to into English, they sound utterly insane, mm-hmm. but, you know, if you were to drop one, you know, casually in the middle of a phrase, that would, that would go well. For example, um, you know, if you were cautioning somebody um, to, let's say, drink beer without vodka, he would say, <laughs> or else you'll be biting your elbows later. You'll regret it. <laughs> It's hard to do. I mean, I don't know if you've ever tried biting your elbows. It's, it's pretty much
0: impossible. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not getting there. I'm not good at that. <laughs> now, is there um, are are there potential you know faux pas that that uh, Gerard might commit, um, not knowing the culture?
2: Um, don't try to split the bill at a restaurant. Oh, that's good. Yeah, either either pay for the whole thing, or you know, and or let somebody else pay for it and get them back later. But don't don't like nickel and dime people.
0: All right. So that okay. So don't split the bill. Anything don't anything else?
2: Don't split the bill. Um, what else should he? He should not smile a lot. Don't smile. Russians think that's fake.
0: That that's good to
1: know.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, no smiling. That's just lame. Uh, oh, actually, another bit of advice: you should understand that in uh, Russian culture, there's no word for privacy.
0: Now, that's does that does that continue to be, behavior? Can you not? Can you oh, expect that door, a door is going to open at any time?
2: Um, it's, it's, it's more like, uh, for example, I've had instances where every, in most pharmacies, everything's kind of behind the counter, including, you know, like tampons, condoms, uh, antibiotics. You have to like, it's all over the counter, but you have to actually get it over, you have to ask for it and get it over the counter. So people will line up behind you, but it's more like they're kind of like, you know, Mm -hmm. their head's almost resting on your shoulder (laughs) while you're asking for like cold medicine or, uh, you know, feminine products, and I've actually once uh, was buying antibiotics, and um, I had the choice between a generic Russian one for 50 cents or the uh, German-made one f- you know, for, like, $10, and I figured, I you know, I'd be safe and go with the German stuff. And um, the woman behind me, whose head was almost resting on my shoulder, said, why did you pick the expensive one?
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> and, um uh, there's also no understanding of win-win situations, and I think that's very important for him to understand if he wants to position himself as a real man, as a moujik. Um, trying to compromise is often seen as uh, weakness. So, um, you know, if somebody else is winning, it must be, it must mean you're losing. You have to try to one-up them, try to screw them over more than they're screwing over you. Um, a lot of suspicion.
1: Oh. That combined with the the no smiling and lack of privacy, it sounds like a real, <laughs> real paradise. <laughs>
2: why people drink a lot.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, Julia, thank you so much, and I think we can, on behalf of Gerard Depardieu, uh, thank you as well for this great advice.
2: Oh, okay. He, uh, he, he's very welcome.
5: It's received at 3.12 p.m. today.
6: Hi, Ian and Mike. This is Kate calling from Rochester, New York, and I have some completely impractical questions about riding dinosaurs. Let's say that someday we're able to bring dinosaurs back to life, Jurassic Park style. In that unlikely circumstance, how would you ride a dinosaur? What type of dinosaur would be ideal to ride? And are there some dinosaurs that might be easier or harder to ride?
4: Thanks for taking my question. Oh, obviously side saddle.
0: Aidy Bryant. She is a cast member on Saturday Night Live and has no experience with dinosaurs. Um,
4: Because, like, I think that's a lady's way to ride it. I guess I'm into that because I wear a lot of dresses and I would feel uncomfortable having, like, crotch to dino skin. So um, I would go side saddle for sure.
1: Well, they're big beasts, yeah. and so even to go to straddle it would be really yeah, it would be horrible actually. Yeah. Now that I think about it, yeah. so
4: maybe you ride the neck.
1: Like a stegosaurus has a lot of spikes on its back.
4: So then, for that, for if we're talking stega, then I'm I'm definitely gonna just like strap myself on the bottom, you know.
1: How, how about a take a an apotosaurus? which is what we used to call a brontosaurus. Really long, long neck.
4: Well, that what seems like the most fun one to ride to me because it's like a sliding situation maybe. And like those always seem the nicest because they almost have like a smile on their face, yeah. I feel like. So I think that one would be the easiest
1: maybe. How about a T-Rex? Short arms, mm-hmm. vicious, vicious uh, teeth.
4: I think that's like you almost want to deal with that the way you would with a shark and like be on its nose or something. You know, everybody knows that's how you deal with sharks, right? But I heard that that's like the most like their most vulnerable spot is their nose. So you like punch them in the nose.
1: So during the ride, if things went things went wrong,
4: if he tried to eat me or or Miss Tate, uh, then she could kick him in the nose. I think.
0: We, we heard from Molly. She says she listens to our show while she's uh, laying down, uh, getting ready for a nap.
1: Oh, that's uh, a good thing to do when you listen to our show. I
0: don't know whether to feel bad about that. Uh, in any event, Molly, these next 15 seconds are for you.
1: That is laying down music. I could sleep to
0: this. I'm just going to put my head back. sleep my face off. so we should uh we should say this next segment uh, the carry rule applies we like to remind you when some of our segments are a little bit gross so maybe fast forward 3 minutes or so ahead if if you get grossed out by stuff Vomiting Larry is a robot that is being used by
1: scientists in Britain to test the effects of the norovirus on human beings.
0: And uh, we were very curious about uh, how a robot vomits and how you make a vomiting robot. So joining
1: us now to talk about it is Kat Makison. She created Vomiting Larry.
0: So tell us, basically, what is Vomiting Larry? Vomiting
6: Larry is um, a simulated vomiting system, essentially, that looks very much... uh, headwise anyway like a human he has a simulated head which is a, a mannequin head called Air- airway Larry and he is what medical students use generally to practice things like laryngoscopies on and hence the term Larry oh. um, so his esophagus uh, the part of the part of the food pipe is then connected to a cylinder which represents Larry's stomach and that we fill with water And the whole thing is mounted on a wooden frame, which stands about five foot three tall, so a little bit taller than myself.
1: But not a tall man
0: vomiting Larry.
6: Not a a tall man, no. (laughs) Tall enough for me. So did
0: did you consider giving Larry other names? when? uh...
6: No, I didn't. Okay. (laughs) I think think other people have considered other names like Puking Pete, for example,
3: but we didn't.
1: And the thing, with, the thing with vomiting Larry is that he's standing upright the whole time. When he vomits, he doesn't bend over. He doesn't try and find a toilet or a bucket. He just stands straight, stock still, and pushes all that vomit out.
6: That's true, and that can happen with norovirus because although symptoms vary from person to person, the key symptom with norovirus is projectile or forced vomiting, which is quite explosive, as you've probably seen. Yeah. Um, and that usually doesn't involve the feeling of nauseousness beforehand and also you don't get that retching either so you can be stood up and literally just vomit as larry does which is why we we used him in a stood position
1: for example and do you guys have ever do you ever have contests in the lab to see who can get larry to vomit the farthest
6: no (laughs) it's quite quite a serious bit of research even though he is good fun
1: well that's a little tip. If you ever get bored, you could put bets on who could get him to go go the farthest <laughs> out. Well, Kat, thank you so much. That was great. And uh, please give our best to Larry. I
6: will, Dave.
0: We are still collecting your toilet nominations for your favorite public restrooms around the country, around the world. Yeah, this time we're going outside
1: our borders here in America to Israel with this submission from Tyler. My
3: girlfriend and I moved out to Beersheba. She's in a joint um, U.S.-Israeli uh, medical school to become a doctor. Um, and she came out a month before me, and, she, and the one morning that she had, she was like, hey, i got to warn you before you come over. She found this nice little apartment and everything. Um, she's like, I want to tell you about, there, there's this, you know, we have this, there's this bathroom issue. Okay. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, okay, fine. She's like, I can't really elaborate, but you'll understand when you get here. It involves a squeegee and i'm like
1: okay
3: <laughs> oh. so i came over in the first day and she's like well you know go check out the bathroom and I went, I went to check out the bathroom the first thing i noticed that there is uh the laundry or the washer and dryer in there all right and then i noticed the sink uh and then i noticed the toilet and then i noticed right above the toilet um and there's no partitioning of anything uh is that there's a shower head.
0: all right like a, <laughs> above the <laughs> toilet
3: yeah, above the toilet, so it's a shoilet. So you can you can shower and toilet. Once you're in or on the toilet, you're in the shower. I get, I gotta vice ask. Versa.
0: Is is shoilet? Now, is that a word that you made up, or is that what this is called?
3: Um, you know, I had heard. You know, I'd, I'd, here in Israel, that's what they call it. Is a shoilet.
1: I can imagine how it works but can you tell us how it works?
3: So you can sit on the toilet. Uh-huh. and then the shower head comes off and it detaches and then it swivels, you know, you can pull it around, it's like on a tether and you can pull it all the way around and then you put it back in. Um, and so you sit and you shower in this in this uh while you while you and quite possibly you can do the same two things at the same time.
0: Wait, so the you're, toilet. you're actually while you're showering you're sitting on the toilet uh, with sort of a handheld uh, nozzle showering
1: yeah 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 wow well so you could potentially, uh, I'm sorry it's hard to get my head around this so you could be sitting on the toilet reading the paper and taking a
0: shower
3: yeah and in my apartment i also could be washing my clothes so you know i could really <laughs> i could spend my entire saturday mornings <laughs> I,
0: I don't want to i don't want to get too personal but um, does have you uh, done it all Let's say, at once.
3: Um, no, <laughs> <laughs> I haven't gotten there. I guess culturally, some at some point I will, I guess, but I just I haven't been able to bite the bullet. Uh,
1: has your girlfriend uh, ever? Dis- I don't want to. I don't want to ask that question. I, <laughs> I just am curious. Have you talked to anybody who's been like, "Yeah, I save so much time this way."
3: Oh, we have one friend in her program who's also studying to be a doctor who absolutely hundred percent. Shoilets. Both, <laughs> both activities
0: at the same time. <laughs> okay, wait, here's a question, though. Let's say you're in the toilet, you shower, and then the next person comes in, the toilet seat is going to be all wet. If they're just using the toilet half of the toilet, the oilet <laughs> half, that's really unpleasant.
3: Yeah, it is, but they give you a squeegee, and in every oh, bathroom I, in Israel, there's a squeegee to squeegee
1: things down all right. oh, well, in between uses. Well, Tyler, congratulations. You have this week's toilet or shoilet of the week.
0: That does it for this week's show.
1: What we learned today, Mike? I learned that in Israel there is a bathroom that contains wonders. That allows me to get done with so much of the things I do in the morning that take a lot of time. Go to the bathroom, mm-hmm. take a shower. Yep. Uh, probably brush my teeth. It's yeah, all the, right there. The, all the
0: drainage is there.
1: I think you could probably get a kind of a plug in a hot pad. Yep. Nearby, so that at least you reach out and get a. You could maybe get a frying pan. Make
0: an omelet. Maybe a shamlet. It would. It would be called.
1: I think it'd be a fun game to like go to a department store and replace one of the mannequins, say like in the men's section, with a, with a vomiting Larry.
0: That would have really made that movie mannequin very different if it had, instead of a mannequin that came to life and was then a beautiful woman, vomiting Larry came to life and was just some guy that just couldn't stop throwing up.
1: Hey, wait a minute, what happened?
0: How to Do Everything is produced by Blythe Haga with technical direction from Lorna White.
1: Our intern this week is, we still don't have an intern, so maybe Molly, if you're still asleep, you could be our intern.
0: Yeah, sleeping intern. Sweet dreams.
1: You can send us your questions at howto at npr.org.
0: Our website is howtodoeverything.org. I'm Ian. And I'm Mike. Thanks. Thanks.